District Divided, a DC sports podcast. I am Amit, normally alongside my co-host KDOT, but he is out of the country, so he won't be joining us today. But there is a two-minute clip that he did drop, and I will be sharing it with you guys, where he talks about the linebackers. John Bostick and David Mayo got signed, and so he's going to break those down for you and his thoughts on them. But we have a final 53-man roster overall, and that's the purpose of today's episode, is to break that down. And we're going to begin on the offensive side of the ball, and then we'll go to the defensive side of the ball. As we begin our season in just, what, 10 days? It's incredible how quickly the season has finally come upon us. And without further ado, let's get into it. So beginning with the offensive line, because as it goes, the team flows. It's as simple as that. If they play well, we play well. So beginning with left tackle, we have Charles Leno Jr. And we have Cornelius Lucas backing him up. Then we brought in Andrew Norwell, a Ron Rivera connection from the Carolina Panthers days. And we have Chris Paul, rookie, seventh round pick, backing him up. Chase Ruye at center. Tyler Larson will back him up once he's off the pup list. And then at right guard, we have Trey Turner, who was brought in also a former Carolina Panther, five-time Pro Bowler while he was with the Carolina Panthers at right guard. So it's going to be great to have him over here, backed up by Wes Schweitzer. Now, that's an interesting one because a lot of fans rock with Wes Schweitzer. I rock with Wes Schweitzer. I thought he was fabulous last year in the limited time that he had. But this coaching staff seems to trust Trey Turner, according to our lads, a website that shows you the depth chart um, as up-to-date as it can be. It has Trey Turner starting. So we're going to see what happens over there. And then we have Sam Cosme over at right tackle. And Sadiq Charles is going to be backing him up. Last year, the offensive line was awesome. Across all formats. I mean, we're talking ESPN, pro football focus. They exceeded expectations. And this is the second or third year in a row that they have done that. So it is reasonable to assume and provide the benefit of the doubt to Ron Rivera and to Scott Turner to the O-line in general, that they can do it. Yes, we lost Brandon Scherf. Yes, we lost Eric Flowers. I'm curious to see how Norwell and Turner do at those guard positions, but we have every reason to believe that they can keep it up, that they can continue to protect the quarterback, and that they can continue to open up holes for the likes of Antonio Gibson, for Jonathan Williams. We'll get to the running backs in a moment, but let's jump to the quarterbacks. And so once again, with the O-line, you can expect good play. The quarterbacks, Carson Wentz, of course, the big trade of the offseason for our commanders was bringing in Carson Wentz from the Indianapolis Colts to be our starting QB. We got Taylor Heineke backing him up, who filled in admirably last season for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then we have Sam Howell, the preseason sensation himself, as the third string QB. Uh, before I get to the Sam Howell-Taylor Heineke thing, got to begin with the starter, the guy who's actually going to see the field. There is no doubting. Carson Wentz's talent. Round one, pick two overall for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
had a pretty good rookie year. His sophomore year was electric. Would have been MVP if he hadn't gotten hurt down the stretch. He was phenomenal. I want to say 11-2 and two as a starting quarterback that season. Nick Foles comes in, goes on that magical run, as you know, for the Eagles. They end up winning a Super Bowl. He comes back, doesn't look quite the same. So he requests to leave Philadelphia. He goes to Indianapolis, has a pretty good season. 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Uh, There are a couple moments where you go, what the hell was he thinking on that throw? But overall, an incredibly talented quarterback. And what did him in were back-to-back losses after he had COVID to the Las Vegas Raiders at home. And then the big one at Jacksonville, where he had a QBR a little over four. And that's out of 100. So that looks really bad. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, loses his mind, ships him off. Here we are with Carson Wentz, who's probably the best quarterback we've had in quite some time. There was rookie year RG3, electric. There's Kirk Cousins for a couple years, statistical monster. Carson Wentz, the most important thing for him is confidence. And that's where we go back to the offensive line. If the offensive line is humming and protecting him, you have every reason to believe that Carson Wentz is going to be that guy for this team. Every reason to believe that. Okay, They've invested a lot of money in him from the previous contract. There is a potential out, but they want this to work. Believe me, they want this to work. In fact, in number, excuse me, in fact, the cap spent for the Washington Commanders on the offensive side of the ball, number one in the NFL. We spend the most money on the offensive side of the football in the National Football League. I was stunned to learn that, but it's true. And a lot of it's going to Carson Wentz. So you can reasonably expect big things from him. It is absolutely fair. I know it's his first year in the system. But if we look at the people he's throwing to, Terry McLaurin, starter, baller, Jahan Dotson, first-round pick. Everyone's been raving about his hands and his route-running ability. Then we have Curtis Samuel. He needs to stay healthy this season. Backing them up, Cam Sims, a personal favorite of mine. Each time he's on the field, he seems to make a play. I would love to see him get more playing time. We got Dax Milne. And am I missing anybody? Diame Brown. Diame Brown, who had a bit of a rough final preseason game, but there's a lot of talent there. Team chooses to keep him around. Okay, so those are the six wide receivers, and you can expect a lot from them. We have invested a lot of money in this wide receiver group. Terry McLaurin getting that mega extension for three years. Then we got Curtis Samuel, who got that big deal, three-year, 34-and-a-half. Didn't play year one. Maybe a game, two. You can expect a lot from this team. Scott Turner got a contract extension through 2024. This team believes in Scott Turner. This team believes in this offense. And again, number one cap spend in the NFL on offense right here in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Okay, so those are your pass catchers. Expect big things from them. And then the running backs. This is an interesting one because last year they were underwhelming, led by Antonio Gibson, who only averaged four yards a carry. He's the starting running back. And then backing him up, we have got J.D. McKissick. We've got Jonathan Williams. Now, the Jonathan Williams one is interesting because Jared Patterson's a fan favorite. I like Jared Patterson's local guy. You like Jared Patterson. Jonathan Williams, a bit of a head scratcher for some, but he actually had a much better yard per carry last season relative to Jared Patterson, granted a small sample size, but he did play quite well in the limited snaps he did get. 
Okay. Ultimately, these are consequential snaps because until Brian Robinson returns, and a quick side note there, thank God he's alive, first and foremost. And then we got lucky from the football perspective. The bullet missed all the tendons, ligaments, etc. He starts on the non-football injury list. He's going to miss at least the first four games. But you can reasonably assume he comes back, which is amazing news. So really, really happy that Brian Robinson Jr. is okay. But on Jonathan Williams, you can expect him to get some reasonable burn here, especially because Antonio Gibson has that fumbling problem. J.D. McKissick out of the backfield. You're hoping Carson Wentz chooses to check it down in situations where he could force a ball over the top and turn it into a 1v2 for McLaurin. Much rather have that check down. J.D. McKissick, you know what you get in him. Fantastic out of the backfield as a receiver. Okay, those are the running backs. Antonio Gibson, huge four games here. Brian Robinson won the job. I mean, they made Antonio Gibson the kick returner. That was the plan until the incident occurred on H Street for Brian Robinson Jr. So Antonio Gibson has four games to prove that he can do this. And if he can't, then he's going to be returning kicks. And Brian Robinson Jr. is going to insert himself into the starting running back position. Even this year, again, we are so fortunate. The bullet, from a football perspective, purely a football perspective, we are so fortunate that it did not hit any tendons, any ligaments, anything like that. Thank God, seriously, man. What a what an offseason. What an offseason it's been. All right, so that is the offense. Oh, wait. Tight ends. Sorry, one last one. And that's a big one, isn't it? Because for Carson Wentz, he has had Zach Ertz. He has had Dallas Goddard. Heck, even in Indianapolis, Mo Cox was getting fed. So he loves these big body tight ends. And what does he get? He gets Logan Thomas, right, as the starter, 6'6". Reliable. It's great to have him back after the injury last season. We've got John Bates who filled in admirably down the stretch last season. We've got Cole Turner, who everyone had been talking about in camp as unguardable, red zone threat. You can reasonably assume, yes, we have all these sort of sexy wide receivers, so to speak, right? Jahan Dodson, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look out for these tight ends. I'm serious. Look out for these tight ends to make a lot of noise and for Scott Turner to exploit some mismatches over there with the tight ends. Okay. And in John Bates in particular, excellent blocker as well. So further aiding the offensive line to protect Carson Wentz. But the overall thing here is, how is Carson Wentz's confidence? That is everything to this offense along with the O-line play. I trust the O-line to be able to give Carson Wentz time. Now does Carson Wentz develop the confidence back there in a clean pocket? That's the question of the season. That right there is the question of the season. All right. Let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's begin with the first round picks. All our first round picks on the defensive line. We've got Jonathan Allen in the interior, Deron Payne in the interior, Montez Sweat on the outside, James Smith-Williams to begin the season on the outside, Chase Young still on the physically unable to perform list. He's going to miss at least the first four games of the season, but James Smith-Williams did fill in admirably as well when Chase Young ended up getting hurt last season. This is a good front four. I know the defense struggled last season. We'll jump into a couple of the numbers here in a moment. But it wasn't the defensive line that struggled. They were good stopping the run. Only 4.1 yards per carry. That is good. Okay, the New Orleans Saints led it with 3.7. 4.1 is good. 
this defensive line can play. Jonathan Allen, from the interior, hit the quarterback 30 times last season. Number 88 on the NFL Top 100 list. Our defensive line can play. They can flat out play. Aided by second-round pick Fidarian Mathis, 50 Cent, whatever you want to call him, Big Phil, whatever you want to call him. He is going to play significant snaps for this defensive line. We've got Casey Tuhill on the outside. We've got Shaka Tony on the outside. Am I missing anybody? Daniel Wise, of course, who's had a good preseason. And F.A. Obata, Buffalo. We have a strong defensive line that is the strength of this defense. Now let's get to the weaker part. <laughs> let's get to the secondary. Okay. So in the secondary, we have Bobby McCain, who ended up finishing the season really, really well. He struggled early on, but finished the season really, really well at safety. And then Cam Curl, who's hurt right now. So we're going to see what happens with Cam Curl. Backing up Cam Curl is Derek Forrest, who is the favorite for the Buffalo nickel position alongside Percy Butler, a rookie this season, fourth round pick. Those are your safeties. And then your corners, these are the guys that are going to have to shut down these wide receivers for other teams. Again, we're about to jump into some numbers, but we've got Kendall Fuller. We've got Benjamin St. Just, and we have got William Jackson the third. Okay, these guys need to step up. Absolutely need to step up. We're playing five DBs. We're playing two linebackers. We need to be good against the pass. Last year, Average passer rating for opponents, 100.8. That was fourth worst. We were tied with Jacksonville, our week one opponent, and Detroit allowed a 101. So we may be laughing at those teams. They're like, at least we're not Jacksonville. At least we're not Detroit. Are we sure? Because it's close. And it's not the defensive line's fault. This secondary needs to step up for Jack Del Rio. Needs to step up. So that's what's going on over there in the secondary, 100.8. And you can point to, hey, we played against Josh Allen. Hey, we played against Tom Brady. We played against Derek Carr. We played against Aaron Rodgers. We played, we played phenomenal QBs. We also played Teddy Bridgewater, who's good, but he got a 110 rating against us. So it's not just those elite guys. We were giving this up to everybody. We were giving this up to absolutely everybody. Okay, so defense secondary specifically needs to step up and then for the linebackers let's first hear from kdot coming to you from france what's up dish divided family it's your boy kdot coming here from the northwestern or more western coast of france uh, yeah, on vacation time. You know, I couldn't leave you guys all alone. Just so, I mean, right now it looks like I'm recording in front of a prison wall, so I'll do a little zoom out in a sense, show you guys what I'm working with here. Let's see the lovely little courtyard. Little French villa thing. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing here with my life, and, uh, just wanted to help Ahmed out just a little bit and record a little segment here. Uh, the only reaction I have really to anything right now with the 53-man roster cuts is the re-signing of John Bostic and David Mayo. After cutting David Mayo, they bring him back in. I don't know 
what's that all that's about. I mean, I think we've all seen the peak of what it is that we think David Mayo and John Bossy can do here for this organization. I mean, you hear Ron talk, and maybe it's just about trying to get Jamin Davis to where he needs to be. And look, that's what it's going to be. This year is going to ride on how well Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis can really do here for the organization and for the team. Um, you'll find me hard-pressed to be excited about it. I think everybody here really thinks or really hopes they would have addressed the linebacker position or at least some sort of Buffalo hybrid sort of guy, maybe bringing back Atlanta Collins. I don't know, something. But it looks as though they're just going to ride with it. And look, in Ron Rivera we trust, but... Lord knows, if it all works out, he'll get all the praise. But if it doesn't this year, no excuses, buddy. It's all on you. And I really wish we did more in the linebacker position. I mean, Roquan Smith is out there, and I know everybody has that initial reaction as far as going out and getting those big free agents. But I don't know, man. I, it just screams at me as though we need to be doing more. But we'll see. Once again, and Ron, we trust. And the only way to really see how it all goes is see how it all goes. Um, Kate out from France. I'm out. All right, thank you for the insight there, KDOT, on John Bostic and David Mayo. Hope you're doing well, brother, and uh, missing you over here. Now let's talk about the starters. We got Cole Holcomb, the only guy on the team with over 100 tackles last season in a contract year, and we've got Jamin Davis, and this is a huge, huge season for Jamin Davis, last year's first-round pick, who struggled his rookie year. That can happen, Okay. You're learning about the NFL. You're getting used to the system. You're working with new talent. It's an entirely new environment. I don't mind, you know, I don't mind struggles rookie year. That'll happen. But now it's year two. Now you've had that year to adjust. You've had that full off season with the experience of having played NFL talent. We need him to step up. He is 50% of the linebackers. 50% of that linebacking core that starts. Jamin Davis. Cole Holcomb. Backing them up, we've got David Mayo, Milo Eifler, and then we've got John Bostic. These linebackers need to be able to step up to, again, against the run. Good. 4.1 yards per carry. That's not just the defensive line. That's going to be the linebackers as well. It's going to be that Buffalo nickel shout out Landon Collins, who played very well for us last season, not on the team right now. But against the pass, can't be getting cooked by tight ends. Okay, that's where Jamin Davis needs to step in. He's guarding the running backs in preseason. He may need to guard the tight end now and then. And if he's not doing it, it goes right back to that secondary. It is a touch mind-boggling that it's largely the same defense as the one that got absolutely torched last season. But this is where it comes down to coaching. This is the gamble Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio have made. They're both defensive-minded guys. So if the defense struggles, they take tremendous blame. You know, there's only so much the players can do if they're rolling with the exact same unit and the results are exactly the same as last season against a significantly softer schedule. Yeah, not good. Not good. And that's as KDOT mentioned as well. Hey, gets a lot of the credit if this works, but that's on you if this doesn't get turned around. And so that's the defensive side of the ball. And then concluding with the special teams, Joey Sly, who was awesome last season. Tressway, we know what we have in him. One of the best punters in the NFL. Um, Dax Milne is going to be returning punts. Returning kicks might also be Dax Milne. I'm not sure because it won't be Antonio Gibson. Not early on. I think it's too risky to suddenly drop two Jonathan Williams if 
Antonio Gibson were to get hurt on a kickoff, right? That just, again, speaks to how much they valued and trusted Brian Robinson Jr. to be that running back, to be able to risk Gibson on kickoff returns and go, no problem, we have the rookie out of Alabama, Brian Robinson Jr., Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode. That was the 53-man breakdown. We named everybody. We went through the expectations at each position, what needs to improve, what is most important. Again, that's going to be Carson Wentz's confidence. Okay, if he's feeling good, you have every right to feel good about every game this season. Not even joking about that. His talent is through the roof. It's just about getting that confidence out and him knowing it and not feeling like third destination in as many years, am I good? We can't have that from him. Cannot have that from him. We need to do everything in our power to make sure he's feeling good, he's feeling confident, he's feeling like the best. This is District Divided, a DC Sports Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe. Please share and uh, please comment. Please comment on who you think the breakout player is going to be, who you think needs to step up, Whatever you want to do, we'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the Labor Day weekend, and then football's right around the corner. So until next week, take it easy.